Yo, what's poppin'? It's your man, Dean Edwards. Welcome to another episode of the For The Bucket Protocol, man. You know, we were having so much fun last week. We couldn't squeeze it all in, baby. We had to do a second episode because I know a lot of y'all want to hear, you know, we start with Jeff and I, we got to roll. I got my man, Jeff Richards, uh, uh, funny comedian. Uh, he was on Mad TV. He was one of my cast members on Saturday Night Live. Uh, touring comedian, touring headliner, has, has things he's cooking up for y'all in the near future. Very funny, man. If he comes to your city, make sure you come see him. Jeff, what's up, man? Thanks for coming back. What's up? We, we had a lot to talk about it we didn't want to leave y'all hanging so here we are with part two of our conversation so how much time after you do this is around 2000 yeah you, you do six episodes it was like it, yeah it did, uh, I think I did four episodes so, and then like that didn't get the contract renewed and then eight months later I had the SNL audition that we had uh huh uh-huh. you know and, and uh does the word now because now you've gone through it you've gone through it with with mad tv and you've seen how long that process takes so are you reluctant to do the snl oh no i mean well are you like well i did this so whatever i know no i i didn't even think about ever auditioning for snl you know like when us and when mad tv ended my managers are like, well, we'll just have to get you on SNL. And I was like, oh, okay, whatever. There's no fucking way. Excuse me. No way that'll ever happen. Right. And then I totally forgot about it. Uh-huh. And then I just got a call. I was on the freeway, and I just got in an accident. And I just gotten back onto the road after this accident. I'm, like, still kind of shaking. You have an accident right before you get the call? Yeah, I had an accident right before I got the call. I got back in my car, driving, and then my phone rang. <laughs> and I remember picking up my phone. I was still kind of shaky like, uh-huh. from this accident. Oh gosh! And then it's making me even more nervous. Right? No. <laughs> Somehow they calmed me. It did calm me down when they uh-huh. said, "Okay, so you're gonna audition." You know. Right. Like, cause did you do stand up for them before? For SNL? Yeah. Or yeah. What, what What happened? Mine was very similar to yours. I had. Uh, they've heard it on the protocol numerous times. I'm sure. I auditioned for Mad TV. I mean, that's how I knew Nicole's name. I auditioned for uh, Nicole Garcia and Mad TV. And the year before, I sucked. A year and a half before Mad TV, there was a... Uh, UPN had a sketch show they were doing, and they flew me to L.A., and I, I was terrible. It was awful. It wasn't Hype, was it? No, it wasn't Hype. Hype was the WB. Okay. Right? That was Michael uh, Chicken Roof yep. or whatever. Yeah. Um, no, uh, UPN had their version, and I went out, and I stunk, and, and so licking my wounds, because my manager called and said how, how they were like, yeah, really. They, they, they reported back how bad it went. For me, you know, and I felt yeah. guilty because I wasn't prepared. So I, I took some classes with like this Second City class near the cellar. And I just, I was like, next time I'm being more prepared. And so I saw Jimmy's uh, audition tape for SNL and I realized, oh, you know, because most most sketch shows, they want three characters, three impressions. But in my mind, I was like, well, if you do more impressions in the three minutes they give you, they're not going to say, no, no, that's too many. So I wrote like three so-so characters and then I did a bunch I just did a run of of uh, uh, here's my impression of Black Awards show that 
uh, Chris Rock and Chris Tucker hosting, and Jay Z's doing a duet with Erica Badu. Exactly, get them all in there. Yeah. Say it all up top. Yeah. So, so the the thing we were talking about, where someone turns around and does them, that's wasted time. If I say them up top, now I can just go from yeah. Chris Rock to Chris Tucker, and I just bounce just around. Bounce around, yeah. Right. So I did that at the Mad TV auditions, and I opened. I did my impressions the uh, first, and then I did my characters, and then Nicole was like, "Who else can you do?" So she starts throwing off names. So. As I walk out, and Donnell and, and um, Owen Smith are like, yo, that, that was, the, like, Donnell's like, yo, everybody out here hates you, because she was dead, she, we could hear you, you killing, right? And yeah. I leave, and Nicole calls my manager and says, uh, David Salzman and, and yeah. the producers want to see him tomorrow. So I'm geeked off of, I got a call back before I even hardly left. I have a stand-up showcase that night. And I crush because I have a Man TV audition. The next day, I go in front of the producers, and, and they gave me a scene to learn, so I learned it overnight. And, uh, like, two weeks later, I'm shooting a commercial uh, for Chicken Surprise uh, for KFC, and my agent calls. He's like, Man TV's offering you six that'll roll to 12 if they like you. And also, um, I said, well, if that's the good news, what's the better news? He said, well, SNL was in the audience of that showcase. Oh, Ayala uh, Cohen was there. Oh, wonderful. And so from that, then then my agents just started playing. We, we yeah. you know, they, they did what they did. And then um, and then I, I said no. To, then eventually, because, because SNL normally can make people wait for months, you know, before they give them an answer. And we auditioned on, because I remember you were one of the few people that was friendly to me. And I always tell people, I'm like, a lot of people, a lot of the sketch performers that were hanging out in the, the different dressing rooms, they were clicking naturally because they knew each other. And I was, you know, you. I remember running into you on the steps. Um, I was staying in Anna Gosteyer's dressing room. She had the big dressing room. And uh, I was like, hey, what's up, man? And we were just friendly. And we didn't know each other. We're both, we're competing, but we're not. Because I'm like, SNL booking types, you and I are not the same type. Right. Right. So we were, but we were just human. We were human beings yeah. to each other that were both in this pressure cooker on a, on a Thursday afternoon in the, the heat in the midst of July. We were just friendly. And a lot of people weren't. Right. And, uh, and I was going to Montreal the next week. And because I was going to Montreal, I had already met after after the um, Mad TV was on me. My agent took the showcase tape and sent it to all the networks. Since I was going to Montreal, they were like, "We can we can create some buzz." And so from them creating the buzz, um, I met with all the networks before I even went to Montreal. And uh, and Mamie at Fox, they they were ready to give me a deal before I went to Montreal. People saying, "Well, don't, don't, don't take SNL because he's he's not gonna. They're gonna. They're not gonna do him uh, justice. You know, um, they're not gonna give him what he deserves. Um, not only financially, but the screen time. Blah blah blah. Historically, they haven't done a lot with with uh, you know black performers, and and because they would take a long time, um, my my uh, lawyer said, "Hey, sometimes you gotta say no to get what you want." So he said, "All right, well, tell SNL no." If they're going to take a long time, no. And we were going to CBS, and maybe an hour later, at the CBS meeting, my agent walks in, and he says, they bit, they said they'll give you an answer in a week. 
And so we auditioned, Kev and I, um, Kev Hart was auditioning, and he, and he asked me to help him prepare it. And that's, and I hadn't told people that I was auditioning, but because I don't, I'm, same thing with you, you probably, everybody's like, oh, dude, so what, what happened? So I didn't tell people because I didn't want to deal with that. Uh, and then I told Kev because he, I didn't want to not tell him, and he's like, wait, do you... You auditioning too, you know. So, so I, I helped him with his audition. I said, "Hey, we'll, we're going to Montreal together. We're going to audition for SNL together. We'll both be fine. We'll, we'll both get something, right?" And, um, and so at that point, I had to say no to Mad TV. When I felt bad because they were so good to me for the last month and a half that we sort of strung them along. And then I was like, "Damn, now I gotta." And my wife is pregnant. My my girlfriend's future wife is pregnant at the time, so I'm like, I gotta. Because Man TV was a, was a guaranteed six checks at least, so yeah. I gotta make this work. But because I believed in, I was like, you know, this this audition set was dope. You know, and it worked at uh, Man TV, so I think it's gonna work at SNL. And everyone was like, well, they don't laugh at the SNL audition. I did my job, and and it's dark in there. They would laugh. I heard laughing. Yeah. And so I was, and when I heard that, I was like, yeah, I think I think this is a good look and. What uh, that was Thursday, and by Monday they called and said, uh, "Yeah, we um we we want Lauren wants to meet Dean on Wednesday," and I met with him, and the gig was mine, and now I went to Montreal with the gig, you know. So it was it was said all all from a stand up yeah. set, all from doing. Yeah, I say the best part of SNL was getting SNL. Yeah, you, know? <laughs> you can't beat that. No, no you can't. You can't, you can't beat going from zero. Yeah, to, man. Yeah, yeah, it was just, nice. Just this, just that moment. So, yeah. so you, so you audition, um, the same Thursday. How, yeah. how did, how did, how did you feel? Were, were you, were you getting nervous waiting? Because they made us wait. I like. Were you? Because there were twelve of us that day. I think. They made us wait, and then, then they were like, "Okay, you're next," and then. I waited, and then they're like, they're going to take a break now. Ah, oh, oh, oh. That's even worse. They do that because I think they want to see, can see you handle this? The pressure. Can yeah. you handle this at right. least? Right, right, right. That's why I was like... It's all the mind screw. I was like, I just had my impressions down, and I, I just like did them over and over again. Right. I brought the tapes of the people I were impersonating, uh-huh. and then, then I remember like, I never... Ran. I would never. I never run ever. Mm-hmm. And but I was like running. Like oh, I was so really anxious. in the hallways. <laughs> I was running on a treadmill oh, in my really? hotel. Oh wow! For like wow. an hour and a half. Like oh, I mean, a crazy amount of time, and I've never run. But anyway. So oh so were so the day of your hotel was near Thirty Rock. Uh, or this is in leading up to going to Thirty Rock. No, before. it's just in the in the hotel. Yeah, leading okay. up like okay. the day before. Okay. Okay. So they flew us in the day before, I okay. think, right? Okay. And then, um, yeah, it was, uh, yeah, I was listening to, uh, I forget the Mo Money More Proms. Oh, oh, Biggie. No, man. And, uh, P I G P O P no, no, no. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. I, oh, just over and over, over and over. Again. <laughs> I like that. It, it really got me. Mantras in your head. Yeah, That's yeah. funny. And then I remember, like, getting off stage when I was done. And I remember just like knowing I was on camera before I did any any of the material. Well, because the monitor—that's what was dope. You're on yeah. home base, and the camera's aimed at you, but they have a monitor facing you, so you yeah. can see yourself. What did you? I, I, I how did you react? No, I was that? aware enough to go. Wait, I'm on the stage of SNL. Like, let me just soak this first. Yes, second. yes. You know, let me just soak this up, <laughs> and and then. 
And then I was just like, I know they're watching me right now. Did Lauren come out? I did anything. Did Lauren come and say something? Uh... Lauren stopped me as I was leaving and shook okay. my hand. She okay. Said, good okay. job. Good, good, good. Well, I, that probably doesn't happen all the time. So, hey. so that was something to think about. Uh-huh. And then he came, he hit me before I went on. And he, he did. He he was like, Dean, thanks for being here. I was like, and and I was, dude, I was like a bundle of like happy energy. I was like, man, I was like, yo, thanks for having me. So like, I was just that excited. Yeah. Cause cause you could like I said, you could see yourself. On the camera, you're like, yo, this is dope. Yeah, you're just like, I got to soak this yeah. up. Yeah. Just, you know. And, uh, yeah, and then that was that was it. And then when I landed in San Diego, I was going back for a gig, and uh-huh. both my managers called me. That's they always a good sign. never both called me. Right. And then I was in this car, and then they were like, uh, you got it. And I go, I got it. And then all the people in the car, like, erupted. And then the manager goes, yeah, but you can't tell anyone. <laughs> but you know what? I totally. honestly think I think they did that. I always wondered why, because when I went to my, when I met with Lauren that day, that was a Wednesday, and I was flying to Montreal immediately. I had my luggage with me to go to Montreal from 30 Rock. And my agent said the same thing. They said, you can't tell anybody. I was like, okay. So when I get to to Montreal, Kev calls. He's like, yo, Dean, come on, man. We got we to gotta politic. I was like, I'm tired. You don't know the last month I've really been drained with this. And, and But I can't tell my friend that I got it because A, he auditioned, and B, they told me don't tell anybody. Right. And then my agents later said, well, you can't tell anybody till after you do your second set, your second showcase on Thursday night. I said, why? They said, because otherwise, why are you here? Like, it, it's just a good look if you say you did your second set and then the people, then SNL booked you. So that's, like, honestly, they actually mm-hmm. made it seem as if I got SNL while I was in Montreal. Mm. I was like, nah, this this all happened. <laughs> this yeah. was all done before I got on the plane to come to Montreal. What'd they do? What did who do? So we, I, I just, I could, uh, Mark Hirschfeld, who's casting from uh, NBC, uh, Wednesday night, him and a couple of people from NBC, like, hey, congratulations. And I, I thought I was being tested. Oh, uh-huh. so I was, so I was playing, I was like, oh, what are you talking about? I don't, they were like, no, it's okay. I was like, nah. And, and to this day, I'm like, I, I want to say to them, hey, Mark, I wasn't, I wasn't being dicky. I just, they told me not to tell anybody, so I didn't want to get, I, I didn't know if you all were testing me, and yeah. if, I, if I said something, like, he, he, he told people, and now yeah, I'm exactly. getting Take it away. away. Yeah, you know, young, young entertainer fears, you know. Yeah. So, so you book it. Um, I'm sure your family's used to shout out to your moms. Um, your people are excited. All the comics at the comedy store, do they, do they throw you a party or anything or toss it up? Uh, no, I, my manager threw me a party. That was fun. Mm-hmm. And, uh, no, there wasn't much. I mean, didn't we, we had to go there and like, didn't we go there in like two weeks from then or three weeks? We, or, we uh, early, early to mid August. Yeah. Early to mid August. Turnaround was like, and I remember getting sick before cause I had to do all this like moving and right, get right. up sleep right. and I was just like, and I remember, uh, I didn't even think about that cause I lived in Brooklyn. I lived in New York, so it was. Uh, I was Thirty Rock was you know six seven stops from my crib, but you had to move a coast away. You had to move cross yeah. country, and were were you nervous? Were you afraid? Were you uh, well? I wasn't nervous everything? till 
the nine eleven. Really? Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I was just like before then. I wasn't really nervous. Right. Right. I was just like, you know, this time of my I life. Just, I'm booking. This is gonna be great. Right. But I think that nine eleven really made it. Uh, I mean, it was nine eleven, but then it was also the beginning of our careers there, yeah. and. It was like that was our first day of first day of first work. day of work because we was the table read. yeah we were we were the new cast members and new writers so it was like you me uh, Seth Amy didn't have to she didn't have to show up um, but it was you, me you Seth Emily Spivey uh, 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 Eric Kenward and Max Brooks and we all came like early to mid August we all just sort of met. And got to size everybody up and like, okay, who's this dude? And I was, I remembered you from the audition. So I was like, yo, what's up, man? You got it, you know. And that, and that felt good because yeah. the two guys that were friendly towards each other actually booked the gig, you know. And then um, for those that don't know, our first actual um, meeting meeting with all of the cast and all of the writers was supposed to be September eleventh, two thousand one. You're I watched it from my bedroom window. When when did you learn on on September the morning of September eleventh? When did you realize that not only your your career trajectory is changing slightly, but the world as you know it is now now because we're really this this pre nine eleven this this pre nine eleven this post nine eleven and at what point did you uh, wake up and see? Um, what had occurred? Uh, my friend was staying with me, and he woke me up. And, uh, yeah, the, the TV was on. I was just, you know, it's just just unbelievable, jaw-dropping, right. I mean, experience. Right. And then you're like, is this how it's ending? Right. <laughs> right, this. Are you serious? Right. I mean, and... You know, you're crossed between because you, you do. You, you, you know, it's like I know guys that I know one guy who had an album come out on 9 11. Oh, man. Comic? Uh, no, musician. A musician. Oh, and they wow. had a good shot, too. What do you, can you say? I or forgot you feel, the name of the band, know. actually, but um, it's my friend's friend, but I knew the guy. Okay. Was a nice guy. Um, no, I don't know. I mean, I, and, then, and then when we got there, remember what they're telling us was like, you know, uh, we got to keep yeah. it like Laurel and Hardy. We got to keep it slapstick. We right. got to keep it right. Every more impressions. Every Remember, movie. that's yeah. where yeah. we got to do more impressions yeah. because they did more of that. Right. Um, but just a just incredible. And then the anthrax in the building. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> wow, I forgot. Yeah, man. Is is so so we already. We were preempted from starting work on September 11th, and then mid-October, um, maybe three episodes in to the season, uh, NBC, we, we show up for work on a, might have been on Friday, was it Friday afternoon? I don't remember. And was Drew Barrymore the, the host? She was the host. She was the guest right. host, and I remember getting off the B or the D train from Brooklyn, and walking into rehearsal, and they were like, yeah, have you heard? I was like, what? They was like, yeah, it was an anthrax skip. I didn't even know what anthrax was except for a, 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 a metal band that uh, right. covered a public enemy uh, <laughs> track. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't know what it was. I was like, what's anthrax? Right. Anthrax? I don't know anthrax, you know? And so, uh, and as, as that happens, 
like you said, you're like, all right, is do we do we still have a? I remember saying to Kenny Amon, I I I still have a job though, right? Like I didn't. Still gonna pay me? <laughs> yeah. I still. Exactly. I've, I've, I've sort of made plans. And, yeah. Exactly. Know, so. I mean, if the world comes to the end, then I don't know. I might have to pay. You know. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah, I don't know. That was uh, that was a crazy. You know, and then. And then I just really do feel like comedy really did change then. Yeah. Like, for better or for worse? For uh, worse, probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, in that, you know, if you want to say, you know, what I, what I remember how joking around was like, I mean, I don't know. I just like, it's, I think everyone did get, whether they noticed it or not, just, just more, a little more serious. A little you more know? sensitive, a little you know? more serious about that. Which is understandable, of course, but. Right, right. But I think that's the layer that's there. The, the, well, our innocence was gone. I mean, know? Trump doesn't help, of course. No, no. It was well, only gotten worse. Yeah. You know, but it's 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 innocence gone because it's uh, you know, you can liken it to a child, you know, that was never aware of. You know, America. I I I honestly believe that um, we were. I won't say we were disconnected, but we were lulled into a false sense of security. Um, well, clearly because uh, they they had weapons on uh, on multiple planes, you know, and and so there was a hole in our security that uh, you know the enemies of of the United States exploited um, because we weren't paying attention, you know, unfortunately, and. Um, and it it just it changed it changed everything. I I, I remember um, you know I mean it's always anytime I talk about it you know I, it takes me back to to that day looking out my bedroom window in, in Park Slope Brooklyn and seeing those buildings on fire. You know it was just traumatizing. You know we we all um, you know people say never forget. I don't think you ever can totally forget. You have to heal and move forward. But it's it's hard to forget if you especially if you were in. Uh, in New York City when it happened. You know, everybody else, the, the entire country was affected, but New Yorkers and anyone that lived in New York, it hit it hit home because it, it somehow affected you, whether it was just the trains were screwed up, you know, whether you actually you might have had someone, you know, Pete Davidson's dad, you know, was, was one of the firemen that, that lost his life. I had a, a comedian dog face. He, he died in the towers, you know, and it's just so everybody has has their 9-11 story. I remember when I was uh, growing up, my mother had the newspaper clippings of uh, the Kennedy assassination and the uh, uh, MLK assassinations, Robert Kennedy. She had these newspaper clippings in a in a, um, sort of memory book. And I remember growing up, I was like, oh. And, and, I, and when 9-11 happened, I was like, oh. That's, and I think I probably have some of those newspapers mm-hmm. just because I was like, I was like, oh, I guess I should save these, you know, just because it's this moment in history that the world is forever uh, yeah. tainted, mm-hmm. you know, and a little less innocent, a little more afraid, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, and so first, uh, a little first, more cautious, a little more cautious, yeah, definitely a lot more cautious, yeah. you know, and that because now we're all now we're all looking at each other yeah. like, all right, who's who's who's, who's going to do it next? But I do feel people are trying to do the right thing, you know, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. back to comedy for a second, yeah. like you know when like. You know, people get upset about something. I feel like they're, 
you know, they're trying to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Can you give me a specific example? You know, like, um, uh, like for example, I was doing my uh, the gay character, mm-hmm. my friend, and someone in the front row, a girl, a young girl, was like, no, you can't do that. Mm-hmm. You can't mm-hmm. do... So it's like, I feel like she's, you know, trying to do the right thing in the sense that it's like, Gay rights, you know, right. you know, let's move forward. Mm-hmm. But then at the same time, it's like, it's a story. What's the context? Right. What's the context? Right. And how about how about how about trusting that? Let me uh, say it pro- properly. How about trusting that if I've been on stage <clears throat> and I haven't offended. I haven't said anything um, maliciously uh, or uh, offensively towards anyone or one particular group. How about trusting that I'm that I know what I'm doing? Yeah. And letting me finish finish the bit, and then judging it. Yeah. Versus you just making a, a, an assumption because I said a word because I said my gay friend ah. Oh, they just hear buzzword. Yeah, they hear that word. Oh, he's about to. T- no, you can't. Right, can't talk. Uh, Michelle Wolf. Unless you're me, gay. Right, unless you're gay. Or right. you know whatever the or, thing. Or, right, Michelle Wolf said something funny, <laughs> funny to me uh, recently, at, at uh, we were at the comedy summit. She said, uh, "Why? What's she saying? White women like to curate people's feelings. We think that we are the curators of everyone's emotions, and I and I started laughing. But I say, yo, that's true. She said, we are when when someone I I've had I've had white women at my shows, uh, and I I'm doing a joke about a black guy, and the black people are laughing, and they're and they're like, no, you can't. And I'm like, yes, you can. They, the they, curator, oh, that's hilarious. And we just said it. I was like, yo, that's, that's exactly, exactly it. What it is? Yeah. Because you're getting an emo- you're you're getting emotional when the people that you think are offended by it are laughing. Yeah, let yeah. them get offended and tell and let them tell me why it's wrong versus you making a presumption. Yeah. About how you think they feel and you're going to uh, Michelle Pfeiffer save the day in dangerous yeah. minds this this moment. You know. Yeah, like when I go to El Paso and play like the, the whatever this I forget what's there. Uh, comic strip. Okay. Uh, the comic strip. Uh, when I do that, mostly Hispanic crowds, uh-huh. they love the Hispanic character. Right, right. So it's like, it really is crazy. <laughs> yeah. It is white women, isn't it? <laughs> and if you're a white woman listening, <laughs> this, is, this is not my words. This is this is another white woman saying this. White this woman is, last this night, this wasn't Michelle. it? Oh, yeah, that's right. You, I you, did George you, Bush. Yes. She was like, uh, no, it's mean, too mean. Mm-hmm. You know? Without um, hearing the whole joke. No. Yeah. Right. And then luckily I had more. Right. Because <laughs> I'm like, oh, really? I shut her down and yeah. then I'm like, so you guys want to hear some more I mean, it's just such a benign thing you right. think. I mean, right. even... But see, there's always someone that will find something wrong with... With anything. With anything. If you, if you mention the Pope, someone's going to say, you know what, I'm agnostic or I'm an atheist. And, you know, so there's always something. Or maybe what we should do is just say, listen, hold all your complaints... To, to the, the end, end of the show, show and, then, there's a and then just go ahead and or go ahead and yell them out. <laughs> right, that's deal funny. with it at the end. That's I funny. can't have it coming up when I'm in the middle of a bit and right. the middle of a flow. Right. This is a tapestry. Allow yeah. me to finish painting. So you're on SNL, and what I was getting to earlier, man. I and I still to this day I say uh, Jeff had 
It was it was myself, Jeff Richards, Seth Myers, Amy Poehler. And hands down, I think Jeff Amy was Amy the uh, UCB Upright Citizens Brigade. Amy was already in because her and Tina were cool because she already had UCB um, her show with UCB and she was getting burned as uh, Conan O'Brien's little sister or whatever on his show. So Amy came in kind of a prepped to be a star. Um, Jeff, Jeff, myself, and Seth, we had, a, I think, a harder grind. Not to say that it was an easy uh, grind for Amy because she had to work hard as well, and she did. But what I always um, tell people is, to me, the, the, the strongest, the character that had the biggest um, impression on the show as a whole was Drunk Girl. Drunk Girl, you did it. And it hit like a dynamo, crushed at the update desk. Um, was it a sketch first or was it a update piece first? Oh, it was an update. It was an update piece. And it became so strong, correct me if I'm wrong, but it became so strong and so popular that uh, when guest hosts came on the show, they wanted to play Drunk Girl with you. They wanted to play in the sandbox with your character of Drunk Girl. Um... Also, when the show wasn't strong, I, I think if I'm, if, I think I remember correctly that if if we had a say a guest host that the ratings might take a dip, um, they weren't as popular, or it's just a show was was a weaker, wasn't as funny show. Um, Lauren would would say was Paula Pell was was writing Drunk Girl yeah. with you. So so what happens is um, they they pair Jeff with one of the senior writers that have been on the show. To help uh, help you sort of fit your drunk girl character into the format of the show, and was it true they would if the show wasn't weak, they would hit you sort of last minute. Hey, we want to add a drunk girl to the update desk. Yeah, yeah. How, how does that make you feel, son? Like oh, you're yeah, in the, cool. heat, the heat of it, you know. Well, it's also this false sense of like uh, confidence because you're like, I'm in. Uh, you know, no, but speak on that because you feel like you're in. But yeah. I mean, it was nice. It was super nice to be able to, to do that. You know, uh-huh. it's based on my father. Uh-huh. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was like, really? Wait, what? <laughs> you're like, okay. Uh, these days, um, yeah, no. It, it was just a. Uh, it was a fun character, and you know, it was a a chance where I was, you know, could control it for a second and like you know because you could you know those those you could you know there's update pieces you could write and they're so short that you could really get you know have a big play on what's going to be said you know especially if it's I like that like the more I did it the more I could I could say what I wanted right 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 you know how it is it was hard to you have to go through a bunch of channels, you know, and mm-hmm. you know, somebody you have to ask someone if you should write something. Right, right, right. Like, what do you think if I wrote something like this? Right, <laughs> and no, then and they, it, you and know, because that that's what they have to do because you know that they, they already kind of are they know what they kind of want right, already. Right, and that and that was uh that was one of the challenges because sometimes you'd have a great idea, and it was timely, but. You know, if there was a, you know, I, I was liking it to, uh, I remember when uh, when De Niro came for our second season. De Niro came and I was like, I'm not getting in this show. So I went right to the update desk. 
I didn't even write like normally. Everybody told me write two sketches and an update. Chris Rock, Dean, write two sketches and an update every week. Sandler, Dean, you gotta write two sketches and an update. Colin Quinn, Dean, write two sketches update every week. So every week I just got in the habit just to work the muscle of writing two sketches and a weekend update piece. The week that De Niro comes, I'm like, I'm not writing a sketch because it's not getting in because everybody wants to shine with De Niro. So I wrote an update piece with Michael Jackson dangling his baby. Right. And I remember when the uh, table read came, there were only like, there were only a handful of update pieces. So I was like, oh, good. I, they, at SNL, you learn to play a little smarter. You know, I think I did. I learned, you know, that, uh, you know, Tracy used to always say, this is a microcosm for society. This is a microcosm for Hollywood. And I was like, yeah, it's true. You got to you gotta play to your strengths and, and find where you fit in this cog as a cog in this machine to show your value. And I was like, all right, well, if everybody else is writing something to appear as De Niro, I'm going to write something that maybe numbers-wise I have a better shot of getting on the air. You know, it's still why I'm getting cut, but not because it was supposed to get cut, uh, not because it was weak. got cut because I remember Max said, yes, yeah, so, such and such was walking around saying, if, I, if, 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 uh, if my update piece gets cut, I'm out of the show. And I remember when he told me that, I was like, oh, really? I said, but but when he told me that, I said, oh, well, I guess my thing's probably going to get cut. And my thing got got laughs at the uh, at the update desk during the dress rehearsal, but it got cut. And I remember, and I was and I was hurt. I was hurt because, and uh, Nora Jones was, I, I, I told told uh, my, my wife recently, I was like, yeah, that song, as much as I love that Nora Jones song. Uh, don't know why. Yeah. It has a weird sensory sensory memory because that was that was the episode I realized I was I was on the bubble. Oh, uh, that yeah. was the episode I was like, all right, I'm I, I'm doing everything I'm supposed a, to. Yeah, I had definitely a few weeks where I had nothing to do. Yeah. yeah. And it was scary. It was scary being on the show with yeah. fifteen or sixteen cast members, and you're like, damn, I'm I'm. Yeah, but you know what? It's just there's too many anyway, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's too many people on yeah, the show. Definitely, definitely. I mean, you know. Do you ever get, like, over the years, have you ever turned and you see, like, they have, like, 11 or 12? You're like, oh, man, you guys are lucky. Because it's, cause it's only, yeah. you're like, the fewer cast members, the more chance shots you have at getting on the air. Yeah, yeah. You know, and because and I remember even during our first season, Chris Parnell came back because Will was leaving. Right. And I remember I was like, wait, so somebody else? Wait, so I'm out now? (laughs) I know, right? I remember telling him, too. I mean, he probably already knew this, too, but I go, you know, they're looking for a bush. I bet. Uh, Get your bush going. uh, Remember everybody was Yeah, yeah. You even went out for Yeah, I think I did. They they were, like, jokingly. They were like, (laughs) yeah, dude, you you, uh, go for it, too. But I was like, uh, do you have... um, Is Jimmy doing it? Yeah, right. Ah, it's the most amazing thing in the world. Look at, listen to me. I, I'm George Bush. I'm George Bush. I'm uh, George Bush. That's me. <laughs> who, so who, cool. who, um, run down? Just I, I'm, I'm. Tell me if I forget anybody. Cause you, cause I was just, I was impressed with your output, man. Because and I was like, you know what? Uh, the writers, certain writers, like Doug, because you had, you got Letterman on there. Did you get Spacey on there? Yeah. You got Letterman. Spacey, did you get Louis? Yeah, Louis. Louis, you had Drunk Girl. What was the fuzzy? I'm fussy because I'm a baby. You got that oh, baby K. Baby K. Like you had. I I remember saying, Yo, Jeff, 
Jeff Pop, man. I was I was just no. proud, man. I was to me to yeah, me from thanks. my position. I'm looking like yo, you got because because my first season, I was happy that I had a couple of good hits. I had the Denzel update piece. I had um, a couple of sketches that uh, uh, that either made it to dress like they they were attempting to find some place for the um, uh, for the jeez uh, for Michael Jackson. The A and E biography helped because that made me look like the 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 upstart that they're trying to find yeah. a space for. You know the destiny. It's a cool tape, yeah. Yeah, like no. So I so I was, and I remember Tracy saying, "You need at least two episodes a season to, to prove your worth. You need at least two hot episodes." And I was, I was, I had like four episodes where I had like the Chris Tuck in the first episode. You know, I had I had a, a couple of episodes where I was like, "I'm good," but. To me, hands down, the the, the cast member uh, that made the biggest split, the new cast member, the class of 2002 uh, cast member, 2001-2002, that came on and had the biggest splash, to me, it was you. Oh, thanks. Because I, I honestly, they had to, they had to yield and say, "Yo, Jeff is Jeff is bringing it." You know, if if you need two episodes, you had a you had a good seven, eight. You know, it, when when you couple in the drunk girls and then the different impressions that you did that made it to air, I was like, "Yo, this dude is hitting it out of the park." And as your friend, I was like, I was proud. I was like, "Yo, that's dope. That's that he's getting some shine." Because I know how challenging it was to uh, to get a shine with. Fifteen, bang it! I mean, Will Farrell, you know, oh, like, like our class, like, like everybody. You had Will, you had Tracy, you had Jimmy, you had Tina, you had Dratch, you had Raj, Ratio, you had Maya, you had Anna, you had uh, uh, Daryl, Daryl Hammond, who's 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 like the the master impressionist. So we all had to. Oh yeah, wait for Daryl to like. You hope that Daryl didn't do somebody that you did, yeah. So that you get a chance to do it, you know. Yeah. I'm, I'm forgetting who else. My, uh, uh, I said Maya. There were 15. There's so many of us. Uh, Pornzy. Uh, there were a lot. You can Jimmy, Seth, yeah. South Seth, Amy. You know, yeah. There were, there were a lot of us, man. And so everybody on that cast was was bringing bringing some heat, you know. Yeah. And, and and you you you. Had a nice uh, run. When did you feel? You said during season one. When, because after I was gone, you you lasted another half a season, mm. right? When would you say it was apparent that it wasn't going to last much longer? Oh, yeah. I mean, I just, uh, you know, like somewhere in the middle of that, mm-hmm. um, you know, was uh, just wasn't easy and. I just couldn't seem to get anything on, and, you know, yeah, I just was like, I don't know, this, I don't know, you know how it is, right. when you just start to feel that, yeah. way I'm not being cradled as much, uh-huh. oh, uh-huh. no one's holding me, no one's right. talking to me, <laughs> this right. is like yeah, going yeah. to right. You so I mean, start feeling like it's sort of I an mean, outcast of sorts. Yeah, I mean, it's just like anything, it's highly competitive, mm-hmm. and... There's only so many people in the in the outfield and in the infield, and then, you <laughs> know. Really I mean, you were saying too. It's like, how many sketches did they pick? How many sketches did they read? Right. They read fifty. They pick ten. Yeah. So all that work goes away every week. That's, That's the, the frustrating part. part. Yeah. Like, why can't we just read this one again? Right. Come yeah. on, let's just yeah. do this one. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, that was but, always... But that was what's good about doing impressions, because... in much more than characters. Right. But impressions, because the, as long as it sounds like them and it's funny... Right. Now they heard you do it at the table read, now they can take you... And put you... And put you in something. Else, maybe yeah. later. Right. Maybe this week. Right. Where you they know? do one of those... The, one of those... Because uh, they, they, they have... Uh, what is it? Oh, they have that... that um, there was always the go-to of see the behind the scenes the 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 auditions for like when if if a new Star Wars movie comes out see the the audition tapes the lost auditions for uh, oh, right, Star right. Wars the Phantom Menace and then everybody that has the the whatever impression you know they'll throw you in doing Letterman and and me doing John Cheadle and Seth. Uh, doing his Hugh Grant, yeah. you know, like everybody, because they can. It's one of those things. They, there's an impression run where they can just squeeze everybody in, yeah, into a sketch, and at least everybody gets something in that episode. Because, because I, I think the other frustration is you're on the show, but not in the show sometimes. So you know, their episodes. For me, my first episode, I was in four sketches. Oh, really? I, was like, really? I, was in, I was. We did the we did the Little Mermaid thing where we were the fish. Uh, shoot. I was Chris Tucker in Celebrity Jeopardy. You were Chris Tucker in Celebrity Jeopardy on the first episode? first episode, yeah. Oh, wow. Um, that must have been crazy, 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 because that was the first one yeah, back. Yeah, yeah, that was, that was Giuliani and the Fireman. Wow. On, on stage. I got in trouble for that. Did well, I oh, tell you, you that story? You, no, <laughs> you probably did. I, like, didn't know where to stand in the good nights. Uh-huh. I thought... Oh, I do remember. Yeah, <laughs> I got in trouble. I didn't know where to stand. I thought everyone was just going to fill in, like, right. quickly. Right. And then all of a sudden, I'm out there, and they're back, <laughs> and I'm, like, I'm not in a, in the back row. I'm in the front with Rudy Giuliani, Reese Witherspoon, and me with a big white T-shirt that says, I Heart New York, and I'm waving. <laughs> and then there's a picture in U.S. Weekly right there. <laughs> And I remember I heard somewhere that somebody said that Lauren was like, oh, he just, he, all he did was play a fucking fish. <laughs> He's a fucking fish. <laughs> and I'm like taking bows. <laughs> <laughs> what, what is but in fairness to you, uh, yeah. nobody told you. Yeah. Where to but that's, that was the thing it's, about it's, that it's, show yeah. is like nobody really tells nobody you. Nobody tells you, you just and kind of assume. Now keep in mind, I was I knew how I, I was like let me, let my black hair not be anywhere. I was like in the back. You knew I'm to, also six four, and yeah. I had that big. I was Grace Jones in a Donatella Versace. So that's what I'm saying. My first episode, yeah. I had this big two foot tall hat. So I was like, let me stand in the back. Somebody will see me. Yeah, you see know? you're smart. You're in the army. You know how to act. You know. Yeah. yeah like yeah. I'm an idiot most of the time. <laughs> I have to watch myself constantly from doing the wrong thing. So, uh, but then ever since then, every ever every episode since then, at that time I, I just would be in the far far back. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I was just scarred. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. But it changed, life changed. But you know what? I remember we were we were gonna go do a. You are the weakest link. Come on, remember that oh, show? My we, weakest link. We were gonna do do an episode of that that got canceled because some of the senior cast members didn't want to fly after nine eleven. Oh, 
Oh. And we were supposed to go do an episode. Oh, really? Yeah, I remember. I remember, and then it didn't happen because, uh, yeah, because they were like certain people didn't want to fly. I was mad because I was like, oh man. I, I wanted to charm America. <laughs> yeah, I always wanted to just do one of those game shows because I I always thought it was cool when uh when cast members of shows like the celebrities would go and do those shows and and just have banter. I just thought those yeah. those things were um those are cool. Yeah, those things were fun. You know, be fun to do those. Yeah. So SNL ends. Um, are you crushed? Are you relieved? Are you relieved? Uh-huh. And then later crushed. Right. When did it hit you from? Cause, well, like, because you were like really mid year, and that's I remember when I remember for me when I heard that I was like, damn, that they really didn't. Somebody didn't like them. Like, get out of here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I was also a little depressed. I have to mm-hmm. admit, mm-hmm. Um, but you know, right, no so. more than normal at that place. But mm-hmm. you know, um, but yeah, I I went back to L A. and and. Uh, you know, bought a house and, okay. and, but I, I just sort of, uh, yeah, I just, I was, you know, just sort of like doing my own thing. Um, probably should have worked harder at that, that time, but I couldn't stay focused. I was just like still unwinding from that show. Yeah. So it's a lot. It was you a know, lot. it's not something you can, and then they're like, go, go right back into this. I'm like, I don't want to do anything for a little while. Right. Right. Just want to breathe, and then that was like five years later. <laughs> I'm like, I better do something. Right, right. <laughs> the lights are out. Well, once the 2008 hit, you know that the uh, the, the stock market, the yeah, crash, that just killed, recession that killed me pretty good. Oh, why did you but, have things invested? Well, I had a house and uh, a couple houses, and and then I just was like, well, now I can get back to work now that I don't have any distractions. Okay, okay. And so then after '08, I was like, okay. So I'm sorry. So after SNL, you invested your money. You were you were smart. Yeah, you were, you were uh, attempting to play well, smart. Well, no one could have predicted. No, but I should play a little safer. I okay, mean, okay. You know, I think like people were like, you could buy like a, uh, you know, million dollar house for like fifty thousand mm-hmm. dollars. And flip that's it. not, I don't, I can't have that, you know, that's not going to lead to anything good. Right. right, right, right. And, uh, but, uh, it was, a, it was a good idea. It was a good try. Okay. Um, doing it again, I think, uh, I would get something just like, just, just a condo or something. Right. To know? rent out. But back then you're like, I want a view. I don't want anyone near me. Okay. Right. Well, that's going to cost, that's going to take all your money. Yeah. 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 So, I mean. But I, I don't know. I had this sort of like I'm retired thing on my in my mind. Like I'm retired, and then maybe I'll pick this up later. Mm-hmm. I wasn't quitting the business. Right, but right. In my mind, I'm like I'm retired. Okay. I don't know right. why I thought like it's the wrong way to think if mm-hmm. you want to get anything done. Right. Okay. But like I said, once this the stock market hit and, that, and crashed and all that, then I just moved into a little apartment mm-hmm. and just got back onto the stages mm-hmm. and and having fun again and and isn't that the beauty know. of what we do because you, the stage is always there in some form and it like you said it is fun like you, even if everything else in your your world is going terribly you know there's something alluring about getting on stage because you can purge your your yeah. your, your spirit purge your soul and, and sort of find some joy 
in in the mundane and in, in the dark you know parts of your life yeah you know and so that's uh that's that's dope that uh and so you get you get back on is it is it hard to get back on stage and get back in the rhythm uh because it's boxing i always look at what we do like boxing where you know i had these i had different things that i was doing i mean and i didn't just i wasn't like five years i didn't do stand-up right. but Five years, I wasn't having any really any fun, okay. and I wasn't coming up with anything new. Okay. So, but then something kind of hit. I moved in with this uh, awesome girl named Bridget. We weren't going out, but she was my roommate, and she was just so cool. And I would just like just so motivated and just get my old sense of humor back. Okay. That was sort of I had before SNL, okay. maybe the first year. Okay. But I kind of like lost that. Quirky, like was that, that silly thing. Yeah. yeah, the silly and all that. So then I got that back when I was with her, and then I would go out and do stand up. And yeah, it was, it wasn't. It was just clicking pretty right, good. You right, right, right. And now you're back on. And was it hard getting, uh, getting road work again, or was was uh, I never really did the road? Okay. I mean, okay. I did would do it a little bit. Right. Because we did, we did days. We did a couple of colleges and. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, I was doing it like. You know, I never really, you know, like, I, I would do it with Catan and Schneider. Right. I would headline, but I wouldn't, like, I don't know, I didn't work at getting more gigs. Okay, okay. That's nice. I didn't, I, I just kind of, like, had a little money and I was just using that. Right. And then when I got into, like, you know, maybe the last, it's been really the last six, seven years okay. that I've been working as a stand-up more like you know every year a little bit more right okay um but you know how it is it's like you know you know how competitive it is it's even more competitive now with you know movie stars or doing stand-up yeah well it's an easy it's an easy guaranteed check the same way you see movie stars doing more television what happens for, for those that don't understand um every every the pecking order gets pushed it it comes from the top and works its way down. So if I'm if if I'm a film star that was remotely funny, and and an agent uh, calls me and says, "Listen, I can uh, I can get you in, um, you know, twelve improvs and thirteen funny bones, and we can we can so that's twenty five weekends, and I and I can guarantee you only do Friday and Saturday, and we can guarantee you." T- t- uh, tens of thousands of dollars for each of those weekends because a club they'll charge twenty five dollars a pop, um, so the club is gonna probably make just on drinks alone they're gonna make you know fifty thousand on the weekend they'll, then they'll make another thirty thousand um, on the door on the tickets so I can guarantee that you, we can get you ten fifteen twenty whatever you know uh, amount for that weekend. And people still know your name from this movie or that TV show um, and here. And then, and then they do it. So then what happens is the cats that sort of have kept the clubs uh, open, they get pushed further down, right? And then the, I, I call, call them the, the, the comics that keep comedy clubs open, right? The road dogs, you know, that when someone from, whether it's a film star, whether it's a social media star, that's not a strong comic, and might possibly stink up the place, right? When they when they come in a week, 
they then bring in the hitters, you know, the snipers that come in, you know. The guns, you know, yeah. you know, The big guns, they have, you know, they come in with, with the, uh, you know, the bullets across their chest and they put on their, their war, uh, you know, the black uh, war paint yeah. under the eyes and come in with the black do-rag over the head like, I'm here to do a job, right? Yeah. And they come in and strictly their only job is blah, just shoot and, and kill the audience so that to restore the audience faith that it's a good idea to come and see live comedy, right? Yeah. So every everyone gets pushed further down, you know. Um, and I experience it because because I know there there are clubs that um, that I work consistently, and then suddenly I won't. Like, given our current city we're in, like I, no, I I, I was on uh, I was on Godfrey's uh, Sirius XM show, and I was promoting this date, and he said, "Dude, you don't do. You should be in the improv." I said, "I was." I said, but it's been a couple of years since they brought me back, and I have people in D.C. that want to support me, so I'm going to go where somebody, somebody, they offered me a gig at D.C. Comedy Love, I'm going to come do the D.C. Comedy Love and, and you know, do do the same thing that I would do at the, at the improv. You know, it makes me no difference. Um, funny we're talking about that because... The, the safety of doing, um, I guess, the chain comedy clubs is there is a, um, there is a uh, chain of command and pretty much the same people book a majority of the clubs. And so, you know, like I know normally when I, when I do a gig, I just tell them, just give me, like we, we have a, a travel allowance. So I'll book my flights just to make it uh, that much simpler. You didn't have that situation with this gig, right? You had a different situation where they were going to cover your travel. However, Jeff was calling me, what, two weeks ago? Or was it a week ago? Yeah. About two weeks ago, I think before I did Atlanta, Jeff reaches out to me and uh, and says, dude, um, do you have your travel yet? I said, I don't know. We're driving. I said, why? What's up? He said, because I, I haven't got my ticket yet. I'm like, oh, well, I just saw on the website that they say we're co-headlining, so you're straight. So then <laughs> last week, Jeff, he, he, I think he said he reached out to the club one time, and they hit him back like, yeah, you're all set. We, we got you. But then they didn't res- respond for another week. Mm-hmm. And then a week and a half passes, and now we're a week out to doing the gig. And, uh, and he hits me last Friday when I'm in... Atlanta's like, dude, I, I think, uh, I think they, well, I'm telling this story. But yeah, it's just <laughs> like, you know, it's like, he's telling me he's going to get my ticket, and then I don't have any communication, and then, you know, it's just not good at communicating. You know, I think the thing is, like you're saying, is they're just trying to get the cheapest ticket, but, you know, um, just communicate that. Right, you right, know? right. I mean, he got the ticket the day of, and I woke up thinking I'm not even going. That's how last minute. Yeah, let me tell you, Jeff Jeff had pretty much given up on the gig, and I was doing my best. I was doing my best to be a supporter, friend, and encouraging. Uh, and so he was like, "Dude, I think he's just. I think I think they're just using my name." to sell tickets and then they're just going to have you do it and, and somehow come up with an excuse. I said, well, I won't let that happen to the best of my ability because when I get there, I'm going to, I'm going to talk to dude. But more than that, I said, I'll call him tomorrow. I said, but you know what? 
Because uh, a friend of ours, Ian Edwards, Ian sometimes will, will wait until the day of to book a last-minute flight because they want to get rid of the seats, so they'll charge, like, this low fare. So I said to Jeff, I said, you know, there's a chance maybe maybe that's what they're doing. Maybe they, uh, maybe they're, they're waiting to book it at the last minute to get a cheap ticket. He, he said, nah. He's like, I think, you're, <laughs> I think you and Harris are just going to be in D.C. So, yeah. so then that was... That was now, mind you, he was flying in on Thursday. I was, I was dri- We were driving down on Thursday. That was Wednesday evening. Uh, Thursday morning, I wake up. <laughs> Look, I'm opening my phone because it's funny. Thursday, Thursday morning, I wake up and Jeff has sent me a. Uh, he sent me a text in the middle of the night. I want to say at like um, maybe like my time one. Look, I'm looking it up. Jeff Richards is okay. Uh, he sent me a message. <laughs> he sent me a message at uh, at no. Oh no no. I'm sorry. At 11:18 uh, p.m. saying this just came and it's his flight. I said, "Boom! See, bro, we're good to go." Right? He says, "Yeah, can't believe it." I said, "I can." Oh yeah, little faith. He said, "Amen." That was at eleven between eleven twenty-five and eleven thirty-six. Then Thursday morning, I wake up and Jeff has sent me a message at at two o four a.m. The ticket was never issued. I tried to check and they said the car was <laughs> unreal. Oh. So I wake up at 7.30. Ah, oh, come on. What the walk? Right? So then at noon, at 12 o'clock noon, which means it's what? It's it's 9 a.m. your time. It says, I'm going now for real. It's uh, I made a change. The other never sent a confirmation. Here's the new flight. He says, unreal again. <laughs> so, and then he even sends me the the uh, screenshot of his ticket uh the and, and his boarding pass at 12:04 so I'm like all right cool man we we'll see there so it's always it's always something man oh, so man. so like I said at the uh, at the beginning of of the first episode that <laughs> that these are um you know he 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 went through a lot to come sling these jokes here in DC He's here. We had some great shows on the on the Friday night, and, and we're gonna have great shows. Excuse me, Saturday night, and then uh, on to the next one, man. Jeff, man, it was a pleasure having you, you, brother. It's a pleasure. Great to see you. Good seeing you. Awesome. You know, um, what's your social media? Uh, Instagram is at the Jeff Richards. That's enough. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And and your website is tastyjeff.com. Yeah. So uh, all things Jeff Richards go to tastyjeff.com. Be Jeff Richards on social media, uh, Instagram, and me as always. I am Dean Edwards. You can follow me on all things. I am Dean Edwards because that's who I am. Um, you know, thanks for rocking out with us on uh, on 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 both of these episodes. And uh, yo, two fingers all love you, man. Dean Edwards will catch you with another episode real soon. You heard? Two fingers, peasy.